Uh, I don't know if you watch any of um, Brian Cox's programmes on the, on the, the universe and the uh, stuff he did. A, I haven't seen all of it, but he did a series this autumn uh, called Universe. And um, uh, one of the, uh, Brian Cox was interviewed um, some time ago and uh, he reacted to, uh, to the thought that he was an atheist because often people um, hear what he says and uh, say, well, Brian Cox must be an atheist. And in this interview, he reacted against that. And he said, no, no, no. He said, no, I'm not an atheist. He said, he said, you know, there might be, there might be a God, but he said, I just don't think it's possible to know. He said, there might be, but I just don't think it's possible to know. He said, if someone could show me, uh, then I, you know, I'd be willing to believe in God, but I just don't think that there's the evidence to prove it. And I remember uh, watching that and listening to it and thinking, well, well, Brian, maybe the evidence that you're looking for is a bit closer to home than you might imagine. Uh, you're looking for evidence kind of in the, you know, in, in the cosmos and in the stars, or perhaps actually the evidence that you, that you need. Maybe it's a little bit closer to home. And John, in his, uh, in his gospel, in his letters, writes about the fact that the evidence for, for God is closer to home. What does he say in the beginning of this letter? He says three things. He begins by saying, that which was from the beginning, uh, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which our hands have touched. So John believes in God and John becomes convinced that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is divine. And he comes to that conclusion because of things that he's heard and things that he's seen, things that he's touched. And when he writes those, he's talking about Jesus. He's saying, well, we heard Jesus. We saw Jesus. We held Jesus. And on the basis of what we heard and saw and held, we became convinced that he was the Son of God. So just briefly, what did, what did John hear? What did he see? What did he, you know, what did he touch? What did the disciples hear, see and touch? Well, one of the things they heard from Jesus was this. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And the people who lived around Jesus at the time lived very, uh, you know, very troubled lives. Uh, lives where just surviving was not easy. Finding food was not easy. Finding clean water to drink was not easy. People who were weary and burdened just with the things of life. And uh, 2,000 years, not much has changed. Uh, many of us, well, we're, we're weary. We find life a heavy burden. Jesus doesn't, he says, well, come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. I remember meeting someone a few um, years ago in one of the countries that I go to visit. And uh, he wasn't a Christian at the time, but he went into a church and he heard the Bible reading from Matthew's Gospel being read in which Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And he thought, who is this person? Who is this person who says, come to me and I will give you rest? Because in his own uh, religion, he'd never heard anything like it. And no one in his own religion had, had said that. And then some days later, he had a dream. Uh, and in his dream, Jesus appeared to him. He saw this picture of a, a man dressed in white calling to him. And he knew that it was Jesus. 
And he heard Jesus say to him, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so he put his trust in Jesus and came to know Jesus as his saviour because he heard what Jesus had to say. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever walks me, we will never walk in darkness. He says, I'm the bread of life. Come to me, you'll never be hungry again. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will never die, but will have eternal life. John and the others, they heard Jesus say these things and they, they pondered on them and they wondered, are these, things, are these things true? Anybody could say these things, but are they true? These are extraordinary things for a man to say. Come to me and I'll give you rest. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I am the resurrection. That's what they heard. But then they watched. They watched Jesus' life. They watched him as he grew up and they watched his life and they saw the things that he did and they thought, saw him do extraordinary things that the other religious people didn't, didn't do. He spent time with the outcasts. He spent time with the people that other people didn't spend time with. The people that society had rejected. They watched Jesus with his heart full of compassion, go and spend time with them. The people that others wouldn't touch, like the lepers, who people thought, well, if you, you, could, you don't touch a leper because they'll give you what they've got. And they watched Jesus touch those people and touch others. And instead of Jesus getting what they had, they got what Jesus had. They became healed and they were restored. And the tax collectors, the people who were rejected by other people who were seen as the traitors and the betrayers of their own people, Jesus deliberately went and spent time with them. Jesus deliberately spent time and, and showed them that they were loved. And that challenged people because they thought, well, we know that God loves some people, but we're pretty sure that God doesn't love everybody. God loves his chosen people, but he doesn't love the Gentiles because there are enemies. And then they watched Jesus as he went to the Gentiles and he loved them and he embraced them and they, they wondered, well, why? Why does Jesus, why does Jesus do that? Are we seeing in the life of this man, are we seeing the heart of God? Are we seeing the compassion of God? So they heard and they saw and then they touched. When Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph held this tiny baby, this divine baby. They held him in their arms and they nursed him and they raised him. And then as an adult, Jesus, his friend, spent time with him and he held them. He held them in their grief. He held them in their joy. This was the divine love of God being expressed, not from a distance, but physically. He held them and they, they knew that something incredible was happening. And then at the end of his life, after Jesus was hanged on a cross, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus held him as they took his body down from the cross. And they held him as they placed him in a tomb and they held him as they bound his body and they anointed him for burial. And then on the third day, when Mary went to the tomb, Mary held him, the resurrected Jesus. He held him and Jesus says to her, don't hold on to me. 
Don't hold on to me. Go and tell the others what you've seen. Go and tell the others that this is the end of the story. Good Friday wasn't the end of the story. This is the end of the story. But actually it's the beginning of the rest of the story. So Jesus' friends, his disciples, they heard what he had to say. And they watched his life. They watched him as he washed their feet on that um, on that Monday, Thursday and the Last Supper and they, by then they had understood that he was the Messiah, the Saviour and now he was washing their feet. They watched his humility as he did that and they thought this is the heart of God who stoops to watch our feet and then they held him. And after the resurrection Jesus gave them the opportunity to hold him, this resurrected Jesus. And that's why John wrote his gospel, that's why John wrote these letters, that was why John became convinced that this Jesus was the Son of God. And what does he say? Two things. He says, God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. In him there is no darkness at all. John writes in his gospel that with the birth of Jesus, with Jesus coming into the world, a light was shining in the world that has never been extinguished. And for us today, in the midst of our crazy, chaotic, confused world, with everything that's going on in our world, with all the darkness that there is in our world, God's light still shines. And when we come to him, his light shines in us. Secondly, John says, if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. That which separates us from the love of God, that which prevents the light of God shining in our lives. John says, because of what Jesus did on the cross, all of that can be done away with. All of that sin can be forgiven. Surely that's the greatest gift of Christmas, the greatest gift of heaven. That we can know the forgiveness of our sins, that we can know the love that God has for us. And that he is the same yesterday, today and forever. The Jesus that um, John heard and saw and touched. Well, in different ways, we can hear his voice speaking from the pages of scripture. We can read of the life of Jesus and see what he did and the humility that he displayed and the love and the compassion that he displayed. And through one another, in whom his spirit lives, we can feel his arms of embrace and his compassion and know his love. And that's why, 2,000 years on, that's why we still celebrate. That's why we do what we do. Yes, we've, um, thanks to the Victorians, we've added a whole load of traditions. And we stick a tree up and we send each other cards. And um, fortunately, we don't do the Victorian thing of sending death cards for Christmas. Um, they were, the Victorians were very big into death and dying. So they used to send Christmas cards with dead birds on. Uh, surely we've, we've, we've shelved that one. <laughs> Literally, dead robins lying on their back. We've, feet sticking in the air. Happy Christmas, here's a dead bird. We left that one behind. So we've added a lot of things. But the truth has never changed. And the truth is the same. And that's why we meet, and that's why we worship, and that's what we proclaim. A living saviour who saved us from our sins, who's given us the hope of the world, eternal life. We proclaim to you, John says, the eternal life.